Welcome to Wandering Off, a podcast for all those who wander. Presented by the Vanderbilt University Career Center in partnership with Student Media at Vanderbilt. I am your host, Jacqueline Grogan, and on today's episode, I sit down with Vanderbilt alum, Jamie McCormick. Stay tuned because in just a moment, Jamie and I will cover topics such as running your own business and following niche paths to viable professions. Welcome, Jamie. Thank you. Um, So I guess let's start by introducing yourself. You're a Vanderbilt alum, so maybe uh, when you graduated, what your majors were, what you were involved in. I am Jamie McCormick. I have a BA class of 08. My majors were English and Spanish with lit track in both. So I studied books, lots of books. And what are you doing today? I am a photographer. You also started your own company. I did, yeah. Shatterproof Media. Shatterproof Media, six years ago. Wow. What I'm most interested in right now is how did you get from lots of books to photography <laughs> what what did that process look like um that is a that's a reasonable question I've tried to figure that out a few times so I've been taking photos forever mm-hmm. um, but it was always just kind of a hobby right I have a lot of kind of the traditional traditional job people in mm-hmm. my family who kind of funneled me toward uh, certain certain things right um, so I, I took, uh, I studied abroad spring of my junior year mm-hmm. uh, at Vanderbilt, went to Chile. Oh, and, nice. Yeah, lived in Viña del Mar. And after the program, I spent three weeks and just traveled. I blew everything wow. that was left in my, in my account. I came mm-hmm. home with, I think, $6.32 wow. and just traveled for three weeks and yeah. took pictures and wrote and talked to people. Mm-hmm. And it was the best three weeks of my life. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I figured I should do that instead. So you have this transformative, eye-opening experience while studying abroad after having studied books uh, for the last three years. Is there a sudden shift? Is there a calculated decision behind the switch? What is that process in your mind like? Yeah, I I had taken the LSATs. Uh, So I was planning on going to law school, but at that point I knew that LSAT scores are good for five years. Mm -hmm. So I was going to defer right, uh, right, my yeah. enrollment in yeah. law school, which just never happened. Mm-hmm. Um, I Within three weeks of graduation, I got a job contracting for a company that did something very similar to what we do now, mm-hmm. uh, what my company does now. Mm-hmm. And I worked for them for several years. And it just got to a point where uh, my two business partners also worked for the same company. Mm-hmm. And we got, you know, kind of got tired of telling them how to fix things and them not fixing it. Yeah. So we figured we'd try to do it on our own. Oh, um, wow. Wow. So it was, there was a little bit of, of step by step, mm-hmm. but it was, yeah, I just kind of went yeah. hard into it. Been, since high school, I'd spent close to a decade planning to go to law school and I knew what kind of law I wanted to study and wow. I knew what I was going to do because wow. it was something I was going to be, I would be good at. Right, right. But the trouble was, I mean, much like every student who goes to Vanderbilt, I would have been good at anything I did. Mm-hmm. So I had picked this life plan based on three possible jobs and I eliminated two. So I guess I have to do the third one Yeah. because I didn't know that anything existed, mm-hmm. you know, that, that there are these other options that, that you can do mm-hmm. that are valid options. Yeah. That's great. That's great. Can you talk a little bit more about that juncture where you made the decision to start your own business and where you came to that realization that you wanted that 
specific agency in your life? Uh, yeah, there was a particular job, and uh, it was 2013. It was the beginning of 2013, um, where the three of us kind of talked about it together. So both my business partners are a little bit older than I am. Mm-hmm. They had both been working for this company, the same company for uh, for longer than mm-hmm. I had, uh, and one of them significantly longer. Mm-hmm. And he had gotten to a point where he was just done Mm -hmm. so he didn't care about anything he still worked he -hmm. still did his job and he made his money but he just didn't care anymore and he was getting very burned out right and the other two of us were getting very close to that right and this particular job they put a kid in charge of us that they wanted to test out for management Mm -hmm. but they put him specifically over the three of us because they knew we'd pick up the slack if he was terrible, but they didn't tell us about this. Right. They didn't compensate us for this. Yeah. They just stuck us with this kid who was technically in charge of us, Mm -hmm. who, you know, by the end of the job, the client was coming to me to ask questions instead of going to our team lead Mm -hmm. because, you know, he didn't know what he was doing. Absolutely. Uh, so we were done and we started talking about it then. And it took, uh, it took a few months to kind of get everything together, get a name, get, papers filed yeah um well so there are quite a few aspiring entrepreneurs on this campus but i would posit that many if not all of us lack the experiential and practical knowledge of starting a business and running a business so i'm wondering if you could expound on that process and talk to the details that we might not otherwise assume of uh, this journey? Uh, there's a lot more paperwork than I realized there would be. Really? So yeah, we're an LLC. We had to file our LLC paperwork mm-hmm. and then we had to get a business license with the state. Mm-hmm. And because of the way Tennessee's, uh, tax taxes are structured, we had, we have to pay both business and like, uh, sorry, city and county taxes. Mm-hmm. So we have two different business tax accounts. I uh, had to find an accountant who will do all of our compliance. So I do all of our daily bookkeeping, which is insane. Yeah. Uh, but then I send our QuickBooks file to our accountant. He does all of our compliance, files our taxes, tells us how much we owe, how much we made, mm-hmm. you know, et cetera. Um, we had to get lawyers and, you know, so there, there are a lot of moving parts, but there are a lot of people who are also willing to help me along the way. Yeah. So like our accountant who told me, Hey, you need to talk to these following five people and start accounts. This is the website where you go get a franchise and excise tax Mm -hmm. account, Mm -hmm. which we also have to pay. Yeah. Now, if you could give advice to these said aspiring entrepreneurs that are on campus now, as you were not so long ago, what would it be? Hmm. Uh, make sure you like the people you're working with. Yeah, why do you say that? Uh, because it's hard. It's mm-hmm. hard to start a business. It's hard to agree on things, to set up pay structures and decide on policies and uh, decide on the future direction of the company. Mm-hmm. And it can be very frustrating. Um, so if you don't, at a minimum, like the people, like really genuinely like mm-hmm. the people that you're with, it's going to be very difficult to to get on the same page about things. Yeah. No, absolutely. I would I would I would imagine so. But I have friends and family members that I really enjoy and vibe with, but within the structure of a business, in particular running a business, we just would not work well together. So I'm wondering if you could talk more on that minimum, that baseline minimum you were mentioning 
and also what particular qualities are pertinent to business compatibility? I think overall perspective. Mm -hmm. So things like what to do when you make a mistake. Mm -hmm. Do you try to hide it? Do you just directly tell the client about it? You know, things like that are fundamental differences. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's one of the fundamental differences we had with the company we were working with before. Mm -hmm. We did not agree about how that should be handled. So so I think just the overall perspective about um, what your most valuable asset is. Mm -hmm. If you have one partner to whom the most important thing is money and one partner to whom the most important thing is your employees, they're not going to get along well. Right, right, absolutely. Um, And what would you say... It's a bit of a cliche question, but I'm genuinely curious. Um, the the most fulfilling part about uh, running your own business and the most exhausting uh, part. Mm. Um, you know, the the most fulfilling part is being able to actually have my hands on the gears. Yeah, like I can I can affect actual change Mm -hmm. i can try new things i can abandon them if they don't work Mm -hmm. like we've had jobs where uh, we had a keyboard Mm -hmm. popped up for people to type in their email addresses and people were having trouble with finding the the period Mm -hmm. for their email addresses so i sent the programmer into the corner and he rewrote it and sent me an update in five minutes so like right yeah Right then, we're done, and sure. now people are not struggling as sure. much as they were before. Sure. Uh, so I like being able to, to fiddle with the dials yeah. like that. Uh, the challenging bit is all of the stuff behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. So uh, accounting is terrible because yeah. I have two business partners and three contractors, all of whom submit receipts to me in different formats. Yeah. Some of whom forget that sometimes the date is on the bottom of the receipt, mm-hmm. so you have to take a photo of the whole receipt. receipt yeah. Um, I'll have to go through the credit card statements sure. line by line sure. because somebody forgot to send me one receipt for $7 mm-hmm. and now my, my accounts don't match. Yeah. So I have to line item it to figure out what's missing. Mm-hmm. You know, so that, that kind of stuff is very time consuming and it's one of those things where, you know, I can't listen to a podcast in the background because right. it, it takes just enough mental power mm-hmm. that I have to concentrate yeah. on it. Sure. And it's it's a you know it's a big thing. If if your money's wrong, you're in trouble. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it it it's important that it stays correct. Absolutely. Um, can you talk to me about now what exactly uh, Shatterproof Media does and what you would recommend to someone who's interested in what they do and how to get involved. Uh, we are a photo entertainment company. So photo booths, green screens, things like that that mm-hmm. you've done at yeah. events, the fun little sure, party sure. photos. Yes. My That's what we do. My favorite part of the event. Truly. Of any event. Yeah, no, it's I fun. Have, I have boxes of photo booth, like the four pictures. Yeah. yeah. And it is the most Me too, fun. believe it or not. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. So that's what we do. Uh, we do, our our model is based on customization. Mm-hmm. So our equipment is all custom. Nothing we use is straight off the shelf. Our mm-hmm. software is proprietary. One of my partners is a coder. Mm-hmm. So he writes all our software. Uh, and then we, we don't have set packages that we offer to clients. We customize our services based wow. on the needs of each event. That's great. So it's, it's not this stock, like this is what we offer, take mm-hmm. it or leave mm-hmm. it sort of deal, uh, which means we do it at scale. Yeah. So we have some, some big, some fun clients and events. Uh, yeah. So 
you know, we do in the end, we're a photography company, but photography is probably the least important of the skill sets we need. Mm -hmm. You know, we need personality. We need people who like people. Yeah. Because that's basically your job is to make, you know, that line of 200 people you've got happy. Yeah. Um, So, you know, tech savvy, tech savvy people who like being around people. We travel a lot. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if you like to travel, um, this would be be a good place. To, to do that. That's great. Um, so you gave advice to those who are interested in starting their own business, to those who are interested in the particular field that you specialize in. I'm wondering, as a Vanderbilt alum, if you could give general advice with your personal experience as a Vanderbilt student uh, to the Vanderbilt community today. So I think the the culture not only of Vanderbilt itself but of the planet is a good bit different now from how it was when I graduated. There mm-hmm. weren't we didn't have a whole bunch of entrepreneurs in every class who wanted mm-hmm. to own their own business. Mm-hmm. I had some kids who were planning on going to grad school and some kids who were planning on being doctors and you know that's mm-hmm. that's what we you had right. you had career trajectories already planned out. Mm-hmm. And there are just all of these new jobs are coming up that don't sound like they should be real jobs, mm-hmm. but they are. Right. And they're they're very niche, but they're very attuned to the the preferences and the skill sets mm-hmm. of the people who do them. Mm-hmm. So find whatever that thing is that that thing that makes you want to get up in the morning and then figure out a way to monetize it. Uh, Sometimes it's art, sometimes it's not. You know, just being good at something isn't necessarily good enough. Mm -hmm. There are great singers and great artists who will never make any money Mm -hmm. with it because they don't know how to market it. Mm -hmm. So you do have to have both sides of it. You have to have some general business sense, some sense of the way the world works. Mm -hmm. Um, But, yeah, it's you got to want to do the job. Yeah, that... That's great. Yeah, that's that is so abundantly helpful. I, I think just because it's hard to conceptualize some of these more niche positions being a viable option. The last thing I want to ask, something that I ask all of my guests, uh, which is, can you describe one of the wildest, weirdest, totally upside down experiences in a work setting that you've ever experienced? Hmm. As far as crazy goes, we had, we were working a particular, uh, an LSU game, right? Mm -hmm. So one of our, one of our clients is ESPN and the Heisman Trophy. We take the Heisman Trophy around the country. Wow. Prance around with it and do, we set up this giant, giant tent. We usually have about 2,000 people come through the tent. Mm -hmm. Then they can take photos with the trophy and Nissan pays for everything. So they get in a Nissan car and we green screen a past Heisman winner into the passenger seat. That's so funny. So it looks like they're driving around. Yeah, yeah. That's so funny. Um, I, at this particular LSU game, I want to say it was, it was SEC it might have been LSU Alabama mm-hmm. uh, in Baton Rouge. I had two people fall through my green screen. Whoa. So our stage is two feet off the ground. They have to mm-hmm. like come up a ramp and they get on it. And I guess they thought it was a wall. Oh, wow. So they were trying to like, they were Lean losing their balance because yeah, they sure. were, you know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So, yeah, they, I, the first guy tried to lean back and just, like, he caught, he managed to catch himself. So mm-hmm. he just kind of tumbled across the stage. Mm-hmm. The second one was a mother with her daughter in her arms. 
arms and like took out our lights behind the stage, took out our stack of cases. Kid, the kid was fine. Yeah. Uh, A little terrified, a little traumatized. I would imagine. But yeah, so so that's probably the craziest thing that's happened. It was a very busy event. It was just absolutely slammed. I think we had 2,400 people in four hours, something like that. Like they, we, pushed them through did this happen um, at the beginning of the event like you uh, had to scramble really quickly to find to set the stuff back up again or no was it was the... no one was about a third of the way through the other was toward the end wow wow uh, that is crazy so yeah but you know we have backups of yeah. all of our gear so oh, we just good. pulled out the backup light yeah. and you know everything was fine yeah but yeah yeah that is that is it was wild a little, it's a little nuts yeah well, Jamie, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for, for imparting your advice and sharing your story. Uh, I really appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. I hope it's helpful. Yeah. This has been Wandering Off. Thank you so much to Silas Dean for your intro-outro music. Thank you so much to Vanderbilt Student Media for all of your help and resources. I'm your host, Jacqueline Grogan. Tune in next time for a brand new episode of Wandering Off coming very soon. Until then, work hard, be kind, and I'll talk to you soon. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm.